0: On this episode of the Break in the Game podcast, Austin and I are joined by Shannon Walsh, who is the NBA Department Lead for Belly Up Sports. She comes on to the show to help us discuss the biggest news coming out of NBA training camps and to discuss her multi-part article that documents the city edition jerseys coming out for this NBA season. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Breaking the Game. We're joined here by Shannon Walsh of the Belly Up you know, Sports Network. She's the department lead for the NBA portion of that show. Shannon, you're joined here by the you know regular co-host, myself, Stephen Gillespie, and Austin Carr uh, on Dash Radio of the Nothing But Net channel. How are you doing today, Shannon?
1: I'm good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me.
2: We're doing good. We're doing good. We're definitely happy to have you on the show.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Just thank you so much for making time to be with us today. It's our first, you know, episode that we're going to be here on Dash Radio. A lot of people are excited. Yeah, a lot of folks are going to be listening to us on their drive home. So, you know, happy to land such an esteemed, you know, fellow Mm -hmm. sports writer of the Belly Up uh, Sports Network. Shannon, what do you do for Belly Up? Like what's kind of like your day to day operations?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've been with Belly Up for a few months now. Um, Like you said, I do run the basketball department. um, So that's very nice articles, making sure that um, we're establishing beat writers now. So making sure that we've got consistent content for all of our NBA teams. Um, I also coordinate our interns. Uh, so we've got a pretty good college intern program as well. Um, and just making sure that all of our content in that vein is consistent throughout the departments down to the interns and things like that. So, very so
0: cool, you're, very so you're cool. fairly busy on a re- regular. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've got a day job too. So,
0: <laughs> well, what do you do for your day job?
1: I'm a consultant for... Um, the department of defense so i focus on transportation Ooh. logistics and stuff like that for the military speaking,
0: speaking my awesome. language yeah we spoke <laughs> about this offline shannon you know i'm navy and you're due department of defense so that's kind of cool you know we're both involved in sports and we're both involved in the military to some aspects so i appreciate what you do for you know taking care of us military folks it means a lot
1: yeah it's a great job glad we connected
0: uh, absolutely well today austin on the show we're going to mm-hmm. be discussing some of the training camp news you know yes, shannon is gonna obviously be giving us a, a lot of her takes and opinions on the way that things have been going um mm-hmm. austin what's gonna be i think that we should start real quick on the um russell Westbrook trade what are kind For of James- your thoughts about how russell Westbrook has been incorporated in d c so far
2: well you know obviously he's uh familiar with coach scott brooks so i'm sure coach brooks is more than excited to have, you know, a, an MVP winner, a guy that has averaged a triple-double for 3 seasons. You know, he's a he's a top he was a top 15 player last year and a lot of people kind of are down on Russell like he had a bad year. You know, he's still in the top 10 in scoring. He's still you know unstoppable when he gets going to the rim at times. Yeah, he makes some bad decisions, but for me it it pushed Washington into the playoff picture with him and Bradley Beal, which I'm not sure they would have been there with Wall before. You know, we just we don't know what to expect John Wall, you know, he's been injured for 2 years. It's been a long time since we've seen him on the court and you know, an Achilles injury, nobody ever comes back exactly as they were before. You know, nobody's ever a hundred percent from an injury like that again. And he kind of predicated a lot of his game on speed and athleticism. So I, I'm worried that that's going to affect him a lot, but um, you know, Russell's back in a situation where he gets to handle the ball more, which is definitely what he said he wants to do. And I think they're going to have an exciting a, an opportunity to have an exciting team with him and um, Bradley be on the same backcourt.
0: Well, Shannon, that's kind of in your wheelhouse where, you know, Russell Westbrook is playing, right? Like kind of close to where you're, where you're residing currently, right?
1: Yeah. So I live in Capitol Hill in DC. Um, nice. So I have a soft spot, even though I'm a Celtics fan, I have a soft spot for the nice. wizard. Um, I have never been a John Wall fan. Um, I've got a really close friend who uh, has worked for NBC Sports Washington. And so she kind of had to do the entire Chronicles of John Wall tearing his Achilles and then hurting it again And he heard it at a club in D.C. that I used to go to all the time as an undergrad. Like, what are you doing at a club when you can't play in the NBA right now? It makes absolutely no sense. And they're still paying him hard cash through all of this. And he gets offended when the Wizards are trying to build a a better roster and it's not around him. I don't know what to tell you when you haven't played in two seasons. So people are concerned about KD coming back and his Achilles not being right. He's played a season more than John Wall. So uh, I don't know what to tell him. I, I don't miss him. Good riddance. I think that Russell Westbrook is going to do great things here in a, um, in a franchise that's dying for a face. Obviously, Bradley Beal is a face, but he needs support the same way that every other city needs multiple stars in this current NBA um, atmosphere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of highlight the way that, you know, the, the timeline has gone for Russell Westbrook, you know, back in, um, you know, July of 2019, he was traded for Chris Paul. Right in the, the failed marriage between Harden and CP3 that we all know about, he was traded for Chris Paul for um, 2024, 2026 first round picks and pick swaps in 2021, 2025. I just spoke to you know how CP3 and Harden didn't work out. You know, Brody was actually viewed as like the answer because although the the Rockets were successful with Chris Paul. You know, he and James Harden didn't necessarily get along. You know, Chris Paul wanted to play one way. Harden was like, no, man, this is my team because he and Russell Westbrook are friends. Everything was supposed to be, you know, happy-go-lucky, carefree. You know, they beat Oklahoma City and Chris Paul in seven games. It took them seven games to overcome that team. And then they lost four to one, you know, in the second round against the Lakers. Mike D'Antoni was let go. His contract wasn't renewed. Daryl Morey stepped down. Most of their rotation, including Westbrook, stated that they were unhappy. So, you know, we had this dynamic of everything's going to be great because we're friends. And now all of a sudden, nobody's happy. And all the decision makers, including the head coach and the general manager, are all gone. Now, Steven Silas, who was successful in in Dallas the year before, he's left looking around like, what the heck? Like, you know, I'm expecting to be coaching a couple stars and Russell Westbrook gets traded. Um, Austin, you just spoke to the se- the success that he had. He was an all, uh, an all NBA third team player, but was traded, you know, for wall and a heavily protected 2023 first round pick, which could end up only resulting or yielding two second round picks. Uh, and, and one thing I want to touch on with you guys is, you know, Russell Westbrook is reunited with Scott Brooks, who, you know, obviously was the former head coach in Oklahoma city. Uh, he has been singing praises of Russell Westbrook's effort. I'm kind of curious as to Shannon, your take on how a coach that knows his guy, you know, that he used to have and, you know, is, you know, probably reminiscing on like making it to the NBA finals at one point with him as their lead guard. In the meantime, he has a budding superstar in Bradley Bill, who for some reason (laughs) didn't make an all NBA team or even an all star appearance this season. He would have got my vote if I had, you know, a sanctioned NBA vote, just putting that out there, NBA. But uh, I'm just kind of curious because Beal on one side of his face is saying that he's going to miss his brother and John Wall, but now he's looking forward to playing with Russell Westbrook. How do you kind of digest that, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are relationships in the NBA that people are concerned breaking apart. I don't think Bradley Beal and John Wall are one of them. I think that people compare them solely because they're the only two nameable players you can put on the Wizards right now, excluding – Tachimura or now Denny Ajiva, if you follow the Wizards that closely. However, if you just follow the NBA, you're not going to be able to name anybody else besides D.R.D.
0: Right. with this contract, maybe, right?
1: Right, exactly. So you can't name, you can't go into the depth that you can on the Lakers or on any other large team, which is fair. It's not as large of a market, but that doesn't mean that they're close friends like. Um, Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, like it's not, it's not the same close relationship where you break up one and you're going to kill the other. Um, mm-hmm. Portland has that problem, and it's something that teams have to wrestle with. I don't think that the Wizards had that same problem. The only thing that I would caution with with Westbrook reuniting with his old coach is that the Celtics did that with Hayward and Brad Stevens, and it ended up causing a lot of locker room drama because Brad Stevens, as good of a coach as he is, was favoring Hayward when he shouldn't have and using a lot of bias from their prior relationship. So I think that although it can be great, it needs to be, it's a fine line that you need to tread very carefully.
2: Yeah. Awesome. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Well, you know, I just feel like, first of all, Brad Beal had to say that, you know, no matter what, even if they didn't like each other, he's not going to come out in the media and say, Oh, you know, good riddance. I'm glad he's out of here. You know, guys in the NBA just don't do that. I mean, maybe they did once upon a time, but they definitely don't anymore. Um, And as far as, you know, the Scott Brooks issue, I I think, you know, I see your point for sure. I just I think it's going to be a level of comfort on both sides there. You know, somebody that, you know, Westbrook definitely has respect for. And one thing I do want to say that I know has been an issue with fans and of of the, the Wizards for some time now is John Wall wasn't always that focused on basketball. It wasn't his most important You know, thing all the time. You know, for a fact, no matter what you get out of him, Russell Westbrook's going to give 110% every night. You know, he's going to be in the gym getting his shots up. He's going to be playing hard from the, you know, the opening tip to the last whistle. That's just who he is. And at the very least, it's going to, it's going to put somebody there that, you know, if and when they can have fans back in the stands. You know, there's going to be somebody that you, the fans know, are going to put on a show for them every night. So I think it's good because you know DC does have a pretty good basketball history. You know, back when they were the Bullets, they had some good players. You know, they they have they've had some some rough years too, for sure. But I think it's it's better for the NBA when there's more big name stars kind of spread out. Because if you look at it, really, other than Giannis and James Harden, like five of the top seven guys in the league are either in California or New York. So I I think it's good for parity a little bit to get somebody like Russell Westbrook split off to, you know, not necessarily a huge market, but it's not really a small market either. D.C.'s fairly large. So I think it's good for basketball overall. I think it's going to work out for uh, Washington. I'm not so sure what Houston's doing. I guess they just wanted to get rid of him because he asked for a trade. But, you know. We'll we'll get the into Houston a little bit more here in a minute, I think. So
0: Well, yeah. And they, you know, Washington had to match the <laughs> match the contract with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And this could be, you know, Tilma Fertitta just playing the cheap card because, you know, say John Wall gets injured, the NBA will cover his salary as opposed to Tilma Fertita, you know, yeah, taking that sure money out quality. of his pocket, right? So right. there's that aspect of it. And I just want to say for any DC fans that are gonna miss John Wall. Russell Westbrook is a pretty good dancer too, you know, so I don't think that you're going to miss out. Yes, he is. Yes, it's he not is. That's very true. Very much is what other people are trying to make it out to be. And, you know, ultimately, I think that – I don't know how much I buy into it before we transition just because we just saw Bradley Bill put up a really outstanding season having the ball in his hands more. I think doing anything to take the ball out of his hands should. – I'm not going to say it can't work. I'm just saying it – it draws my concern because Bradley bill developed so much as a, you know, playmaker all around with a ball in his hand, his usage rate went up, his efficiency stayed consistent. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that it works out. I, I just have my own concerns for that. Well,
2: you know what I said? I think I said about this on our last episode, Katie, won want MVP next to Russ and Paul George had arguably his best season in the one year he played with Russell Westbrook. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I think Westbrook's going to, going to help his game.
1: Yeah, they, they worship Bradley Beal. They have not listened to trade discussions about him in the time that they've had him. So if they were going to trade for someone, it was not to replace Bradley Beal. It was to support him. So right. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's a fair take. It's just not a thought that I necessarily wholeheartedly subscribe to, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to transition now to Russell Westbrook's former teammate, uh, James Harden, who has you know, well been chronicled lately, how just unhappy and how much he does not want to play in Houston, you know, dating back to November, he asked out, uh, just so everyone knows he is under contract until the end of the 2021, 2022 season, um, which he can decline his player option. Should he so choose Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts on James Harden? I caught a little bit of uh, what you were thinking about talking about on, on social media for this aspect. I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, so we've got our belly up um, Rockets beat. He is in love with James Harden. He's not ready to let him go. It's time. It's time to break up um, and just see it part ways. You know, Harden is a very interesting player, and I did pass up on drafting him today in my fantasy draft, only because uh, he's a very predictable player, and I only think he's going to fit in certain markets, and he has quite the attitude for the – Uh, teams that he's requesting to be traded to Uh, I do not think he would fit well with the Nets I think that they're already a time bomb waiting to happen in Mm -hmm. terms of Kyrie and Katie the Bucks perhaps but I don't think that Harden is the kind of player that Giannis is looking for Miami he's just not going to fit well and the Sixers are also a time bomb waiting to happen because Joel has a larger head than Mars. Like, I don't know what to, what to tell you in terms of he's not going to fit in any of those places. Um, he doesn't fit with the rockets. And I think that he's chasing a super team and I don't know what to tell him in terms of what right now he's going to get because the league right now, isn't really in a place where somewhere is a budding super team that has cap base. So,
0: the so Shannon, I, I totally understand your takes and what you're saying, but, if you had to just your best guess where where do you think his best fit is? you know I mean, I know that obviously you're not the biggest fan of James Harden, right, but you know <laughs> let's 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 table that, put that to the side. if you okay. had to pick where the best place for James Harden or a team that could use a James Harden, where would you say that would be?
1: I think his most likely destination is Philly. I think the Daryl Morey-Harden relationship is impossible to ignore, Um, and I think that I've written multiple articles on the fact that Simmons and Embiid don't play well together anymore, and I think that Harden is the perfect fit to trade one of them. Although I'd like them to keep Simmons and trade Embiid, I don't think that's what's going to happen, which is why I steer away from that trade. In terms of where he would fit best, I think that he would do really well in like a mid market, like a Timberwolves or something like that. However, when he was with the Pelicans, he hated that. So, or not, um, Anthony Davis hated that. So, yeah. So I don't know. Like they, they're relatively comparable players. So I don't know if it would be a fair assessment that they could match that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. And a lot of folks have been comparing that you know, James Harden to Anthony Davis still, because, you know, Anthony Davis was long wanted out of new Orleans. Like you just said, uh, James is kind of doing that same thing right now. And the Pelicans got an incredible haul for a guy that everybody knew that he only wanted to go to one place. And that one place only wanted to make a move for him. Now, James Harden, Austin, a lot of people have differing opinions on his leverage, right? Uh, he's like, I mentioned, he's under contract for at least two more seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've seen his list grow from one team being the Brooklyn Nets to now all of a sudden, including, you know, four teams among other contenders as well. There are four specific teams, but he's also willing to listen for other places that are continuing. He he
1: doesn't have a no trade clause. They could send it.
0: To send him wherever they want, it.
1: yeah. Send him to the Knicks. Like I don't. <laughs> Cleveland, right? Send
2: them to Cleveland and burn, right? <laughs> I think. I think with that, the only the only thing is that you know he is only under contract for this year, and next year. Is a team going to give up enough to to get a guy that they know is going to leave? I, I don't know. You know, Toronto. We saw it work for them, but then you know, Kawhi left right away. I, I personally think Harden's got got a a decent amount of leverage in terms of at least getting himself traded just for uh, the fact that, you know, we've seen this so many times we've seen this story play out over and over again, like superstars can make life really, really miserable for their teams. Anthony Davis basically just did this to successfully to get himself exactly where he wanted to go. We just saw his own teammate, Russell Westbrook request a trade and basically force his way out. Um, Paul George forced his way out of the Pacers. Um, it's been happening for years, you know, Kawhi basically forced his way out of San Antonio. Yeah. They sent him to Toronto, but he ultimately got where he wanted to go. Paul George kind of forced his way out of Oklahoma city again, then too. And I mean, going back even further, the first time I remember seeing it was when Vince Carter forced his way out of Toronto you know, by pouting on the bench and not playing hard. And I, I don't know what you guys think, but James Harden definitely strikes me as the type of player that would have no problem doing that. You know, he's already not shown up to, um, you know, I know they're optional workouts or whatever, but it it doesn't look good that he wasn't there, you know, especially with all the stuff that's been going on. But on the flip side, it does say a lot about the Rockets organization though, too, because how bad does this guy want out? Like all of a sudden his, his list went from one team to five, uh, he's not showing up to practices. He turned down a contract extension that would have made him the first fifty million dollar a year player. Like, obviously, he wants to try something else. So maybe he'd be open to to you know trying to play a little bit different way, not quite so ball dominant or not so you know one on one. I like him going to Philly. I think I think it would work with Embiid. I think him and Embiid are both kind of. They just seem like they'd get along. I don't know. You know, they're both they're both kind of you know. Out there a little bit big headed. They both, you know, basketball doesn't seem to be the most important thing to both those guys all the time. So I I think if at least from that aspect, they'd have something in common. Um, And it would be interesting to see, you know, what Doc could do with him there. Um, I don't think he fits in Milwaukee at all. I don't think him and Giannis like each other. I mean, they've, they've kind of had a, they had a little war of words back in the, back in the, right around the all-star break last year. So I, that doesn't make sense to me at all Miami he seems like the least Miami heat culture guy that I could just about think of you know like are just James harden and Jimmy Jimmy Butler look like seem like the the type of guys that would get along I don't I don't, I don't think so so I think Philly's the only like and, you know, the only realistic destination. Brooklyn, I agree exactly with what Shannon said. You know, you kind of know that, Stephen. a, it, mm-hmm. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. So, um, you know, I think I could see him going to Philly, but I definitely don't think he ends the season with Houston.
0: Well, and I agree as far as, Austin, what you're saying with leverage to get out of Houston. Mm-hmm. But Houston, Shannon, you touched on on this earlier. He doesn't have a no trade clause. They, If they trade him, they're not going to be good. So what difference does it make if they wait until the trade deadline? When, If they trade him now, they're catering to a team's aspirations to enter the league among the elite. If they wait and his list is already growing, if they wait, now there's an arms race for a James Harden for a team that thinks that they're that James Harden away for competing for an NBA championship. And all of these places are in the Eastern Conference, mind you. I just think that it's funny that how everyone dogged, you know, LeBron James for playing in the East while everyone was in the West and LeBron moves out West and now everybody's going back to the Eastern Conference. So just, I just think that that's funny. But um, I mean, you said that
1: his list would expand. His list doesn't matter. His no, I agree. Literally nothing. Like he could request to go play in LA with the I I mean L, LA's uh cap is a mystery to me that I have yet to figure out. But he could request to go play there and they could send him to Orlando. Like it do, it literally doesn't matter at all.
0: <laughs> no, and I'm not saying I'm not bringing up the list to say that it holds any weight at all. I'm saying that the list to me points to the amount of leverage that James yeah. Harden is losing. In
1: desperation.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And oh. what that does if that list is out there for the teams that that want to give the Houston Rockets their best offer, they know who they're in competition with. So that's mm-hmm. why that's why I bring up the list. Now everybody knows who their enemy is in acquiring James Harden. It's not just the Nets waiting out Houston's desperation. Now, it's Brooklyn saying, okay, well, Philly has a really good chance to get him. Or Boston, or um, excuse me, Milwaukee saying, hey, look, we're trying to do everything that we can to keep Giannis. If we can acquire James Harden, maybe that's what we do to keep Giannis happy and sign the Supermax contract that we'll talk about here in just a second here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I just think that what all of this is doing is showing the amount of leverage that James Harden does not have in this situation and I think Houston stands to benefit greatly by waiting Austin you just you mentioned Paul George you mentioned Anthony Davis what was something that Mm -hmm. both times that Paul George was Paul George was traded and Anthony Davis was traded they all got an incredible asset return on -hmm. those trades it's not like they just gave them up for nothing right you know what I mean so I, I think that's what Houston is in line to wait for Shannon you got any more thoughts before we transition
1: yeah, the only question I had, because I genuinely don't remember it, was I know Kawhi is a pretty uh, quiet person, excluding the athletic article that just came out. Um, <laughs> did he have a list when he was traded to Toronto? I know Toronto obviously wasn't an ideal place for him to go.
2: He wanted think, to go to L.A. I think he wanted to go mean? to L.A. I think that was really the only thing that he ever said. My only question about this going forward, Stephen, is if you think if a James Harden were to traded to a team like Brooklyn, would he be willing to play off the ball, or would he have to dominate the ball like he has?
0: Yeah, thank you for asking me that. I, I actually meant to bring this up. I think it does. I think there are several things that James Harden has done in, in in this brief time. I don't condone anything that he's doing as far as pouting goes, but this is not the first time that we've seen, like you said, like even the late, great Kobe Bryant did something similar. Not not mm-hmm. to this extreme, but he definitely made it known to the Los Angeles Lakers that he wanted out. You know, he at once upon a time, he wanted out of L.A. I think James Harden turning down if he was a selfish guy, why would he turn down the offer to be the first ever NBA player to earn fifty million dollars annually on a contract? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You know, if he if he was a selfish guy, yeah. why would he want to be traded to these teams that have established other NBA superstars instead of going to a team where he would be the ha- like bottom like hands down guy? He's at being yeah. asked to traded with teams that have NBA championship aspirations. There's a guy that's just as good, if not better than him, on all of these teams. And he's turning down a lot of money to in order to go somewhere different. That's maybe.
2: He, maybe he finally saw the writing on the wall that his style of play is not going to work, and he's willing to try something else to win. Maybe. Maybe this is the moment we see him grow up a little bit and say, you know, you know, maybe it's not all about me. I mean, I doubt that, but it could be.
1: His step where in where path, We're not going to see that anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> His step-in, foul, and shoot. We're not we'll we'll that. still
2: see that. We'll still see that. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying we're – now, Shannon, I just want to point right. out that I do right. not like James Harden's style of play. Like Austin will tell you, I am not a fan of the way that he plays basketball. I'm just – I think personally that he's not as big of a head case as he may be letting on. And I think that he, he is showing signs if you look hard enough. He is showing signs that I think that he is willing to play a different way. Because in Houston under Mike D'Antoni – Mike D'Antoni was like, here, this, like, you have to do everything. I think if he goes to like a Miami, obviously, Spolcher is not going to let him play that way. You know, mm-hmm. Pat Riley will, you know, slap him with his rings, you know?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting to see how some players respond well to other team support and not having to share the ball, where others, like Kyrie Irving, would just combust if they have to share the ball. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, And that's coming from a Celtics fan. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean tattoo bias on my forehead, but
0: <laughs> I, I like the Celtics a good deal too, even though I'm from the state of Arkansas. I have really no I just like the way that they draft and I love Brad Stevens as a coach. But I like um,
2: Brad Stevens because he's from around here and that's yeah. really about it. I'm not a I'm not a Celtics fan, I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. I do yep,
0: Tatum's a great guy. So we mentioned Giannis just a second ago. Giannis has been kind of uh, I don't know I call him super you know suspicious you know with with the supermax contract that he's got out right now and the comments that he's making I think that he's I think that he thinks he's saying the right thing Shannon and I think that he just wants to let everybody believe that he really thinks everything that he's doing right now is just about basketball what do you what do you make of you know Giannis's comments you know just within the last twenty four forty eight hours.
1: Yeah, he he sealed the deal that he's not. If they don't win a ring, he's not staying. It's not. It's clear. He would have said, "I'm happy with the moves they just made. I'm looking forward to the start of the season. It's less than two weeks away." He couldn't at least say like something about the team. He just said, "I'm focusing on right now. Deal with my agent." Like that doesn't look good. I wrote an article. Plug my articles. I wrote mm-hmm. an article that um, right when they did made the Drew Holiday trade and was like. Giannis is pushing because they were the first one to make a big move. Mm -hmm. Uh, Giannis is pushing the trade market right now in a bad way. Drew Holiday was not the best or um, the Bucks were not the best fit for Drew Holiday in any way. Um, And they rushed to make a trade and it doesn't look good. They got rid of assets that they should have kept just because they wanted a change to see if Giannis' eyes lit up. And I don't think that that is what's going to happen. I think he was like, this is not, the superstar that I was looking for. I, don't get me wrong. Drew Holiday is a fantastic player, but he's a support player. He's not like a, a James Harden or a Russell Westbrook or a Jimmy Butler or anything like that that Giannis is looking for. Giannis isn't going to go to a large market, but he at least wanted support to get because he's not 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 capable is not the correct word, but he is not able to carry the Bucks through the playoffs on his own, mm-hmm. In the East, at least as mm-hmm. of right now.
2: Well, you know his game. It's just they need somebody that can kind of be that outside perimeter threat. You know, in the last minute of a game, that can break a guy down off the dribble and get a shot. I think that's that's really what he needs. He needs a one a, not a not a support player like Shannon said. You know, he needs you know the Anthony Davis to his LeBron James or the yeah. Russ Westbrook to his James Harden or you know Bradley he Bill. needs a guy. Yeah, he needs a guy that can really just go in there and take over for him at times because it's and he's so got much
1: easier already he's got chris middleton he's got all of those mm-hmm. he doesn't need another like drew holiday is chris middleton in terms of a support player
2: right there are and very that's, similar. that's yesterday. a good point and you know i've said it before and i'll say it again i think their offense ran smoother in the playoffs when those that game that uh Giannis got hurt but j- simply just because chris middleton's just a little bit more capable of being that you know, initiator of the offense, he needs. To, Giannis has the ball in his hands almost too much because he's still fairly one-dimensional. He comes down the lane like a you know like a hurricane. He's going to run everybody over, and he's not going to pass the ball at that point. Like he's just that's not the player that he is. And you know, yeah, it's amazing to watch, but it's violent and it's a lot of effort. Not and,
1: playoff basketball,
2: right? And we just saw two guys in in Kevin Durant and of uh, Clay Thompson that don't really play a violent style of basketball have serious, serious injuries. So, you know, there's something there about, you know, obviously the style that he plays would, would make me think, you know, I want to lock in this five-year deal, you know, for all this money while I can, uh, unless, you know, he really just doesn't want to be there. So I, I don't think there's any, any world where he signs now. And I actually think he's his, what he's been saying has been very calculated, very scripted. I mean, he's saying, you know, Stuff like, oh, I'm only focused on me. It's out of my hands. It's literally a contract sitting in his hands. <laughs> like it's literally, he could put it in his hands, sign it, and be done with all of this. But it's obviously,
1: because he needs a team to make cap space for him, there's right. no, there's nothing else about <laughs> his hands.
2: Right, exactly. And so, like you know, he's he's softening the blow in a couple in a couple weeks when that when that deadline passes and he hasn't signed his contract because he's not going to. He would have by now. Um, like Shannon said, I think he's, he's waiting to see, you know, we better win a championship or at least make it to the finals or I'm out of here. Otherwise, you know, why not really, if you're really only focused on basketball and all the questioning and all the the possibilities and sign the contract, if that's really what you were going to do. So I think all the signs are pointing to him you know, not signing this contract and looking to move on after after this season if they don't win, which I don't think they will. I think they mortgage their entire future for a, a guy that's definitely good, he's an upgrade but not enough of an upgrade to make them the champions.
1: And you guys made a great point that everybody's moving back over to the east. The Bucks aren't making aren't getting notionally better to go any farther in the playoffs than they already have, whereas the Heat have gotten significantly better. The Celtics are getting notionally better. The Raptors, I think, got worse in free agency. But there are other teams that are rapidly getting better, and the Bucs are flailing around Giannis. So, I I mean, they can try. It's luck of the draw at this point in Milwaukee, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get, unless they miraculously have a change, I don't think they're getting any better to go to the finals.
0: Yeah. And, those are all great points. I just, we know that the bucks are doing everything that they can. It, at least that's what they say. Right. And that's the impression that we get that Milwaukee is doing everything that they can to keep you honest, except they're not really like, I mean, just look back to last year. They, they traded away Malcolm Brogdon for an additional first round pick essentially. And they said, Oh, well, we're going to use this to help build our team they Didn't do anything with it. You know, uh, they ran until they ran into Miami and Austin, you know, uh, Shannon, you're, you're new to the show, so you may not know. I, I said before the playoffs even started that Miami is the one team that Milwaukee does not want to see, and I said that Miami could mess around and end up being in the finals, and it would not surprise me because yeah, they're of yeah, like they were just Jimmy Butler the way he was playing, the way that we saw Bam Adebayo step up. Uh, Tyler Hero wasn't this rock star Tyler Hero making like top 50 in the ESPN list that were until the bubble, right? But he came mm-hmm. up on the scene. You know, Goran Dragic stepped up in the bubble. Hendrick yeah. Nunn was great. Like they had a great team that was specifically designed to wall off Giannis and take advantage of the three-point shots that Milwaukee's defense was specifically engineered to give up. Like no one talked about that really that much. That Milwaukee gave up a lot of threes. They walled off the opponent, but Miami was the one team that was built to ba- basically just destroy that and end that, and they did. So they they get rid of Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, they they acquired Drew Holiday, but the one player that Giannis really wanted them to get that we heard that they were actually going to get was Bog, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich. And they botched that trade. They did it in such a way that even if they were to acquire him, the NBA was gonna you know conduct an investigation to you know look hey. for tampering because wow. it was very flagrant, you know, like they made no bones about it that they were in cahoots with this guy long before they were, you know, allowed to and and they botched that deal. Now he's in Atlanta. Atlanta looks like they're on the rise now, right? Yeah. Another Eastern Conference team. So, I, Milwaukee says that they're doing everything they can to sign Giannis to this, you know, to this deal. That you know, the deadline's on the twenty-first. It's a five-year, two hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract. Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee needs Giannis to sign this, but Giannis doesn't really need. If he even if he does want to stay, he doesn't. He shouldn't sign it now. He shouldn't mm-hmm. commit long-term to this team right now. Until he sees how this season go. If he even if he does want to say, even if he does genuinely love Milwaukee, he should wait. He should look and see how this brand new team. They lost guys like Robin Lopez, George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, all those guys are gone. You know, what's their guard depth gonna look like on this team? It's gonna be a lot different team. They added Bobby Portis. I'm kind of interested to see how he and Giannis play next to each other. Brooke Lopez, you know, how is he gonna rebound after a, a pretty rough shooting year? It's gonna be interesting to see, in my opinion, Shannon, you know, just how the season evolves. And he's going to be asked about this every stinking day. And I know that it's going to wear on his nerves because he's already letting people know, like, I just only want to talk about basketball. I just, you know, it's distracting to my teammates and all this other stuff, but he is like, he's going to hear about it. He needs to just, you know, grab a blanket and get comfortable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you brought up a good point. He even if he does love Milwaukee, the ball's in his court. But you know what? If I'm honest, I I don't think Milwaukee's made enough of an effort for me. But I know that he has made it wildly clear that he likes – he does not want to go to a large market, which I genuinely appreciate because I – although I'm a Celtics fan, I am sick of the – everyone wants to go to New York or L.A. It's, yeah. it's frustrating as an NBA fan, as an all-around NBA fan, you know, I – like watching the other markets, and you can't see them succeed. There are so many teams with budding success that need one or two more key pieces that Giannis could go to. And the way that they that Milwaukee has treated him, not that he needs like the royal red carpet treatment, but they didn't make enough of an effort for him to stay. The ball's in his court. He could go to 10 other mid to small market teams that have the cap, the cap space and the assets to get what he wants before the trade deadline. Um, I would try one of those.
2: There's tons of options that have you know a better looking future than Milwaukee right now. You know, Milwaukee. All they did was make me think that Dallas or Miami look even better to to Toronto or Atlanta.
0: Atlanta, Atlanta do Atlanta. I do. I do want to say
2: though. I do want to say though. I feel like Milwaukee's tried to make moves in the right direction, they just, they've had a lot of weird decisions. You know, they wanted their to get more shooting. They need to stop. their They people, want to get more shooting. People. So they they let George Hill go. They don't re-sign Kyle Korver. I don't think they did. They may have since then, but. No, they, they did not. He is, so, yeah, I, mean, I believe he's still free Yeah, that's what I thought. So, you know, those are two guys right there. Paul, jo- or I mean, George Hill led the NBA in three-point shooting last year. So, you know, if they need guys, if they think they want guys to spread the floor, they just got rid of one of the best ones. And then one of the all-time best ones on top of that. And then also, yeah. um, I don't know that Bogdan Bogdanovich trade. It almost seems to me like maybe his agent is the one that leaked the news ahead of the dra- ahead of the trade. Maybe it wasn't Milwaukee's fault. You know, we're kind of we don't we won't ever know. We don't know who exactly leaked that <laughs> info. Um, but I just I feel like if he didn't want to go there and he didn't want to stay in, in in Sacramento, his best option was to tank was to tor- you know torpedo that trade because you know he's either gonna. Go get be in this trade for a sign and trade, or they're going to try to re-sign him and match whatever deal. So by doing this, he kind of said, "Hey, I don't want to be here and I don't want to go there." And I I, I think it could have very easily been his his agent that uh you know that leaked it to kind of maybe get the trade ca- you know killed. I don't know that necessarily that's, that's where he's going to go there. Can
0: we then, just have quick input? My my buddy Rafi Garrett says Miami doesn't need Giannis. I tend to agree be hard with for that him to notion. get him. Yeah, because they're probably it's going to have distorted. to give up Tyler Hero. Yeah, they're going to have oh. to give up Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson is going to be an unrestricted free agent. and He's going Tyler to get ahead. There's too much potential
1: to be sent to Milwaukee. There's nothing there for him. Their coach sucks. He's not going to develop Tyler Hero. It's, nope. a, it's a miracle that Giannis is ex- as successful as he is because he doesn't need the development that Tyler Hero or oh. other young stars would, which is why they're okay right now because they're not drafting a, a ton of people. Yeah.
2: And you know, if any team any team can do the type of cap gymnastics they'd need to do to get him, it would be Miami. But they'd have to give up an awful lot, and I I just don't know that that's the right thing for them to do. I don't know. Like you said, I feel like they're already built to stop a guy like Giannis, and they kind of doubled down on that in the draft with Precious. You know, they've got another just big athletic guy Bradley in
0: free agency.
1: They've got like the perfect feng shui right now, like perfect balance. I wouldn't screw with it. Like me either. As a like as a Celtics fan, like I. Want them to get those last few pieces. I have a soft spot for New Orleans. I want them to get their last few pieces. Like mm-hmm. Miami has those pieces. Don't screw with it. Like, don't. I think be ends
2: up in Dallas personally. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Giannis I and Luca and KP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a big man team that would be fantastic
0: so many pick and roll options it's just it's crazy to think how scary that team would be and under a coach that in my opinion doesn't get enough recognition and and Rick it
2: it just sounds like the absolute perfect teammate for Giannis a guy that's not you know we already know can make the big shots from the outside that's going to bring the ball down and set it set him up to be in the best positions to to succeed so I just I don't think there's any better spot for him personally
0: Yep. And I have made my feelings about him and Dallas very well known. So I, I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly agree with that. All right. Well, Shannon, you mentioned that you do a lot of work for belly up hoops. Uh, we wanted to get your take on here because this is honestly a topic that we haven't dove into. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why we've talked about basically everything else, but I know that you yourself have done like a three part series on belly right under the NBA section where you documented all these city edition jerseys for each team and you gave them each a letter grade. I'm, I'm curious to see what your criteria was. I'm curious to see who came out being great, who, you know, left a lot to be desired, so to speak.
1: Yeah. So I um, love jerseys. I'm not like a sneaker junkie. I'm not like a deep, deep person that follows all the jerseys. um, But as someone who really likes the NHL, the NFL, and the NBA, um, I think there's a lot to be desired with all of those. And the NBA has has come closest to um, really getting in depth with their jersey design. So I went in with the city jerseys. I actually wrote, uh, I studied communications and political science in college. So I wrote a final paper on city jerseys when they first came out because they have so much detail behind them Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the region and the history so now as a writer for belly up i did grade every uniform um i apologize i missed minnesota so just get that out there (laughs) but okay
0: i don't um, think you 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 missed much personally
1: i do like them a lot um but i did rate all of them i actually wrote for milwaukee's that they did this entire blue color scheme and mentioned nothing about Giannis when they could have done like a you know a blue greek yeah. Type, you know, if they wanted to keep them. So that was ironic. But um, in terms of my, I've been promoting in different areas and I've been doing top three and bottom three. Um, I don't know if you guys have looked into them in detail, um, but my top three are Orlando's. Um, that's my favorite. Chicago. And then either Philly or Phoenix. I really like both mm-hmm. of those. Um, I really despise the Sixers, so for me to put them in my top three is pretty big. Um, and then, in terms of bottom three, the Wizards, uh, the Celtics, and probably the Lakers. But the Nets are pretty ugly as well. So yeah,
0: <laughs> um, I agree with you on those. Absolutely. Yeah, mine just real quick. I you know I didn't I didn't have any historical or political ties into. I just went off which ones I thought looked the coolest. Uh, I liked um, I liked Indiana's a lot, and that does kind of have a lot of historical background now that I think of it because it's just a it calls back to a lot of the sweet jerseys that they used to play in. You know the the pin uh, You know the the pinstripings and you know the deep blue. I I really like that a lot. Denver's I thought that the color was phenomenal. I like Miami's, you know, uh, Miami vice feel that they just keep rolling with. And then kind of my bottom ones that I didn't really much care for. You brought up the 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 Nets were in there. Cleveland's, I'm not a super big fan of either. Those are kind of the ones that I didn't really much care for myself.
2: Okay. I kind of sneaky now that I'm looking at it. I kind of sneaky like Toronto's jersey a little bit. You know, I like the the script, how they went back to the old, you know, like the purple Almost like um, Barney the Dinosaur jerseys that they used to have. That's kind of <laughs> nice. That was a kind of nice little touch there. Um, but it's my top three were San Antonio. San Antonio's jersey is gorgeous oh, okay. to me. Sure. I like the old Fiesta style colors. I, I you know, I like anything that kind of has a, a throwback feel to it. Um, I really, really love the Chicago jerseys a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of hard to pick between them or the Lakers, just because of you know the history like aspect the behind them. He's a do, Lakers fan. I do like the Lakers yeah, jersey. The, I will oh be. God. I will admit. I will admit. <laughs> I think baby blue on a jersey looks good anytime. And for you know, an it, it, okay, <laughs> maybe, so. maybe so. And you know, I am a little okay. bit of a homer, so I I I, t- I took Chicago over him ultimately. But I do like their the the, the light blue and the white. You know, it's kind of a. a harking back to Elgin Baylor a little bit, you know, so it's a little bit of the history, but my personal favorite and and I've told Steven this a couple of times is actually the Pelicans. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about the, the, just the red, white, and blue with the three gold fleur de lis on the front. I just think they're, they're awesome. I, I like the way they look. Um, I've always kind of been a sucker for that colorway. And then the ones that I wasn't a big, big fan of, um, at first I didn't really like the Knicks Jersey, but I saw a picture of it on one of their players and, kind of grew on me. Um, so it's not great, but it's not you know, it's not the worst. Um I didn't really understand what was going on with the Orlando one. I like the pinstripes because of of you know the old jerseys that they used to have, but I don't really know what the connection with the orange is. And it just it just seemed kind of generic. And then Boston too. Boston was pretty generic. Awful. Um, yeah, yeah, Boston, you know, Boston and Boston are always yeah. Boston's kind of always like that though. They kind of always just they go very minimalist with their uniforms. The,
1: the crux I have with the Bruins and the Celtics, that they, they're so historic that they refuse mm-hmm. to go with anything modern for their jersey designs. So the NHL just did their retro edition jerseys for um, the upcoming season as well. And they basically just did their regular uniforms just in gold and not black. Right. So the NBA or uh, the Celtics, I understand that you're trying to honor the banners, but like they look like your normal uniforms in a different font because exactly. your normal uniforms are just green and white.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I would like to see them get a little more creative. The Oakland throwback jerseys to love the, the Oakland, Warriors. Yeah. So that's, love pretty cool. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. The Pacers, you know, obviously I like that when I talked to you a little bit about that, Stephen, already. Uh, the Clippers kind of bored me if I mean they're almost identical they're the last ones. year. They're the exact same, yeah. aren't they? Well that's uh, why I was
1: interested that you said you like Toronto's because they're the same ones as last year. Are
2: mm-hmm. they exactly the same?
1: They're pretty much the same. And I was interested because they're not playing in Toronto this year. So there was so much opportunity to go with like a like Tampa, Tampa Bay color. like even that's honor in depth Toronto now that they're not there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was just looking at it and, you know, noticed that that's cool design. Design. That really about the only thing. <laughs> I don't I don't know that it's the best any, you know, in my top three at all. But it was just something that I kind of noticed right there. You know, Utah is kind of similar to years past, but it's it's still pretty cool. I like the rising. Well, Denver,
1: so Utah and Denver are both doing multiple series or multiple years. The Lakers yeah. sort of are too. they're doing yeah. like every year is a different theme based off of one overarching series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, One that I really like that's getting a lot of praise. I I haven't read anything that's been bad about it. Um has been the Suns, because they've made a lot of off-season moves and their jerseys were really modernized and not in an Mm -hmm. ugly way. Um so I'm hoping right
2: They got rid of jerseys pretty nice. Right. I would like to see the Suns at some point do like a uh, a throwback to the old flaming basketball jersey they had in the '90s. I like those jerseys a lot. Yeah, that (laughs) that would that would be cool to see. Oregon, the Portland Trailblazers. That's another one that's a little weird. Looking at it right now. No,
1: that one's ugly. They've had like three good ones in the last few years. Like the Rip City ones weren't bad. Mm -hmm. I I like
2: the Rip City.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't like all the um, teams that do like X and then town as their yeah. name like h-town mm-hmm. sack town or cream F-town.
0: city with milwaukee cream last year city, like what was up with that cream city my, a little
1: weird. um we just got my brother he like is super into fanny packs and we just got him a cream city fanny pack and it's Heck sitting yeah. in the closet and i'm apprehensive to give it to him. like i don't want to give anyone
2: <laughs> i would right.
0: take it if you if you can't find anybody for it i would rock a <laughs> cream city fanny be pack. Sure. me too me too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well um Shannon, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, the time that you gave us this evening uh, just to be able to talk basketball and, you know, what you do at belly up. Um, I would just want to give you a a quick little minute just to kind of promote where the folks can find you at on social media and some of the projects that you have going on for belly Up poops.
1: Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, It's S Walsh with a Y. So Swalshy 63, Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Right now I'm doing, I'm coordinating with our beat writers, to do a live show that's coming up soon. Um, And I'm also launching, although this is basketball podcast, um, I'm a big hockey fan. So I'll be launching a hockey podcast before the season starts in January. So um, more to come on that. I'll be sure to let the guys know when that comes up in case they've got any hockey followers. Um, In terms of anything that we're working on for basketball, we're doing some spinoffs from the city City Jersey grade, since that went pretty well. Um, And we're going to be doing some features for the best um, Twitter accounts to follow for each team. So if you guys have any um, followers or accounts that you guys believe are the go-tos for a certain team, just hit me up and we'll be sure to feature them.
0: That's awesome, thank you so much for that, Shannon. Austin, awesome. yeah. what about you, man? Where can the people find you and what do you got going on?
2: You know, you can find me at Off the Ball Network still. I'm uh, on Twitter at Austin Car 10. You can find our our show. You know, it says it right here, BTG NBA Pod. It's on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to try to be getting, we're going to be trying to get a little more active on Instagram. So yeah, hopefully we'll have some cool stuff there for everybody. Um, but I'm still working on my Did They Do Enough series of articles. I've got two more teams to go. I should have another one up either tonight or tomorrow, depending on how much I you know, want to work tonight, but, uh, it'll, it'll be up in the next day or two. I still got the Pistons in the heat to go. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to reveal exactly which team's going to be up next. Uh, but, uh, it'll, it's a, it's, it's an exciting article. It's just, you know, a look at whether or not a team, we thought, I think that a team did enough to kind of reach their immediate goals in the off season. I've already done Milwaukee. I've already done the Lakers and I've already done the, the Hawks. So, We've got two more to go in that, and you know we're just always working on new ideas for the show and stuff like that. I know at some point we're going to try to finish our our rankings for you guys. You we'll we'll try to figure out a time we can get those out and finish those for everybody. We're about halfway done, so we'll get that out here eventually. And you know just all that all that good stuff, and that's really what I've been working on. I've got my fantasy football show that'll be on tomorrow on uh, Off the Ball Network. It's called the Sharp Money Fantasy podcast you know myself and scott Odie. we're going to be doing um more prop bets more you know fantasy sit and starts guys to pick up for the playoff run you know it, it should be an interesting show we we missed it last week so we're excited to do it again this week
0: excellent stuff and as for myself you can follow me on twitter at steven btg which stands for breaking the game the name of this show that is debuting today on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Stephen W. Gillespie. Austin, plug the show at BTG NBA Pod on both of those platforms. You can also just go to offtheballnetwork.com to find you know our work and the work of everybody else on there. We do have a little bit of hockey going on on there, Shannon, so please go, you go, know, back. go check that out. We have a little bit. We have a you know a buddy of ours who does some hockey content on there, so we we do have some fans on on that sport as well. Um, I'm myself just posted a piece on basically how people are developing their conference standings right now, and they're talking about COVID, but they're really not like combining the two areas. And so like I just wrote a piece on how we need to consider that, and I included some you know not to try to sway you on how seriously or or not seriously to take the. COVID-19 talk, but the NBA is going to treat it, you know, the same way regardless on how you feel about it or not. Right. So basically I just broke down like what the COVID protocols are, what the season is looking like this year. And, you know, some States that are testing high, both in individual count and per 100,000 people. And a lot of those States house NBA teams. So just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind when you're developing, you know, your playoff predictions that, you know, how much can a team stand to lose a
2: player or rotational players? Well, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, you just posted that article and, you know, we the topics we had ready for our show tonight. And then about an hour before we went live, you know, Woj dropped his newest episode of his podcast with Doris Burke, and they talked about the impact of coronavirus on the NBA, they talked about about Giannis not signing his contract. They talked about James Harden one out of Houston. So I felt, you know, I felt like, you know, we're hitting, we're definitely talking about the right stuff for sure. So there you go Job with that article. It was, it was really, you know, well thought out for sure.
0: I appreciate that. Well, again, Shannon, we just want to thank you so much for your time here that you gave us on the show. Hopefully we we would love to have you back at some point. Anytime. It was was really
1: fun
0: guys. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to have you. We
2: definitely invite you back for sure
0: righty. Well, for our special guest, Shannon Walsh, for my awesome co-host Austin Carr for myself for the off the ball network.com where you can go to get all your sports needs for the nothing but net channel here on dash radio that you're listening to right now we are the break in the game show thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back on Monday at 6 p.m eastern time 3 p.m pacific time to help you get home safely while you're decompressing from work y'all have a great day we will talk to you guys later much love everybody have a good one Thank mm-hmm. you.